What's up, everybody? You are listening to the Fantasy Oddballs Football Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McNichols, joined by my co-host, Rich Houck, and our producer, Mike Coyle. We are talking everything Dynasty and season-long fantasy football. We dig through all the numbers so that you don't have to. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Oddballs Football Podcast. Today is Sunday, April 2nd. We are recording the second part of our little free agency review. I am your host, Ryan McNichols, joined by my co-host, Rich Houck. Hey, what's up, everybody? And our producer, Mike Coyle. Yo. So last time, you know, we went over Aaron Rodgers, the Jets, Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr, and Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, Derek Carr going to the Saints, Jimmy Garoppolo going to the Raiders. And then we've wrapped up with Daniel Jones and how they kept adding a bunch of slot-wide receivers uh, uh, over there on the Giants, in addition to Darren Waller, whose best role is probably in the slot. Everything okay there with your microphone? Yeah, just having a little uh, issue getting adjusted with the cord, uh, getting the slack all figured out. Gotcha. All right, just making sure. It looked like you might have been checking to see if it was unplugged. Just wanted to make sure it's working. Sound levels are good. It's good. All righty. Let's start off with... Baker Mayfield signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's only a one-year deal. He's got $4 million guaranteed, a max value of $8.5 million if he hits some incentives. The biggest fallout here, I guess fantasy-wise, we're not expecting to really do anything or start Baker Mayfield, but more so what do we do with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Well, if history is any indication, uh, the production will probably take a hit with Baker Mayfield. Oh, <laughs> that's uh, no that's disrespect. A, I'm a big Baker fan. I like Baker. That was but, a very polite way of saying it. I don't know how that could be viewed as disrespectful. That was probably the nicest way you could say for a change. <laughs> <laughs> so, do we expect both of these guys to hit a thousand yards this year, receiving? No. 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 So no, we do not expect no, two uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receivers to hit 1,000 yards. Okay. So that's problematic because that makes one of these guys more of a flex play wide receiver no, no. three than. Yeah. Are we leaning towards Chris Godwin as the wide receiver one who will probably hit 1,000 yards? And then Mike Evans, maybe not, but might make it some relevance with some touchdowns. Or it, what is your know. guys' opinion of the situation? Hunt? It's it's tough to say because uh, you know Baker Mayfield's of that fucking and chuck it mindset, and Mike Evans will be down there somewhere. So uh, maybe he benefits from just that, that style of play, like kind of how he was when he was uh, his first few years in the league with Jameis Winston. I, I I don't. This is tough to say, man. I, yeah, I mean it's dude. It, it, we're going from goat to yeah guy, and uh, the you know looking at Chris Godwin, uh, his situation dynasty wise, um, I think it's a toss up between which guy gets fed more this year. Uh, with Baker coming in, it's it's a complete question mark. Feed K. Dotton. Um, could be uh could be uh some something going on like that it starts eating in the i mean dude it, they're both great receivers um dynasty wise i'm this chris godwin man i'm starting to get nervous um 
he finished number 19 in PPR last year, 16 before that. So he's been, and then 31 before that. I mean, he missed games that year. But um, we're, we're pretty far removed from that wide receiver two uh, season in 2019. Um, I'm really, man, like if he finishes in the top 20, I'll be pretty happy. Um, I'm super nervous about this. I don't want to panic sell because I think that would be the wrong move. Um, I wouldn't want to panic sell Mike Evans and get less value just because you're scared of what might potentially happen halfway through the season. Both guys are struggling because they have really poor QB play. I mean, are we at the point where obviously they're not like the Rams where they're, you know, broke and completely like, you know, messed up on money uh, wise. But um, yeah, I'm nervous for sure. And I think you, I don't think you, anybody, if anybody's telling you they can predict who's going to be the guy that comes out on top here, I, I really don't think that's going to be the case. Can you double check that? Because I think they were pretty bad in cap space the last time that we went yeah, over the situation. Not, yeah, they're, they're not good. No, but I think, I mean, like they were like, might have been like second worst. Because I remember talking about how they needed to cut some guys or yeah. potentially cut some guys because of their. Uh, cap numbers and all that in particular like Evans and Godwin were both up there as far as salary and I think Fournette who they've already gotten rid of obviously I remember we talked about um yeah they, they don't have any cap space no nah, <laughs> yeah they're they're struggling with the cap space remember we, we talked about they needed to address the offensive line have they done anything about that like if not I don't really think it matters how good the quarterback play is or not I mean the offensive line still a turnstile then no matter who they put back there yeah and Baker's not going to make it. Yeah, he's not going to make it better. If you had to in a redraft do, draft today, where are you taking? Who are you taking first, and where are you taking them between Mike Evans and Chris Godwin's? Godwin, I don't know why I put this. Ah, that's tough. Now, really it, I think it's different situation, right? For obvious reasons, but the comparison would make. I could kind of view it as. A couple years ago, they had uh, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup similarly ranked before the season. Um, last year with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, um, I think it could be another scenario like that to where they're both very... Which one? Because I feel like those were two drastically different scenarios but, yes. where Cooper Cup and Robert but, Woods kept both being top 15 and yeah, Jerry but Judy and Cortland Sutton. I'm just saying, like, specifically the year Cooper Cup blew up when they got Stafford. Gotcha. Right? They're both like listed as they're right around each other in the rankings same thing with this past season with judy and sutton and but one goes off and the other one just kind of yeah a little less than the adp yeah and it's it's such a tough call to to make and it especially this far out too because we get into training camp and you know preseason games you'll start to hear reports of chemistry being built and you know this to all this stuff that comes out. It'll make that might make reading the tea leaves a bit easier at that point. Like right now in April, saying that's such a tough call to make. So we're we looking at them towards a similar area then of like wide receiver 15, 16. If you're drafting today with the uncertainty, and it's just a matter of which guy you feel better about, or wide receiver twenty two to twenty five ish, probably okay. in my opinion. I... Okay. Mike fair. Mike shaking his head in agreement. So okay, that's just kind of what I wanted to get at as far as what people were thinking of. And then dynasty wise, you just gotta hold and see what goes. I mean, I think I don't at this point. I don't think you can sell Mike Evans. I think his peak value has passed at this point with his age. Baker Mayfield being there. Yeah. If like if they improve the quarterback situation, I imagine they're gonna draft a rookie next year. But not this upcoming draft, but Evans the next is year. getting I don't up know. there too. He's that's 28, what I'm, so 29. That's what I'm saying. Right? Like, like, you, 
he's going to have Baker this year. So like, I don't know you'll get a whole lot of value. You try to sell him this year, and then after that, he'll have a rookie. So that's I, I think you have to hold him because I don't know unless you want to try to trade him now and get whatever value you can. You know what I mean? But I just don't know how much value you're going to get, and I don't know that it's going to get any better going forward right. for him because he's an aging wide receiver in a poor QB situation. Okay. Maybe you have a Mike Evans believer in your league somewhere, and you know, willing to pay respectable value. And then with Lord Leonard, Leonard Fournette gone, the only thing the Bucks have done to address that is bring back Chase Edmonds. So it's looking good for Rashad White as the Let's starting running back. Let's say draft the guy. There. They could Let's, draft somebody. Yeah, they need some help in some other places too. I hope you're not putting too much faith in the Chase Edmonds stock. No, no. I'm, I was talking more about – that's what I was saying. I was saying Go pay Rashad, a first for Chase Edmonds? <laughs> at the moment, it looks like Rashad White is the guy there because all they've done is brought in Chase Edmonds. Yeah, so unless they address it in know. the draft, then it seems it's, to me like we all need to be going out and buying Chase Edmonds. Uh, <laughs> We're going to move on to the Dolphins. They brought Mike White in to be the backup quarterback there, so they brought him away from the Jets. So the Jets, I don't know what their backup plan is. If they can't get Aaron Rodgers, maybe Lamar Jackson. Who knows? But Mike White's the, going to be the backup for the Dolphins. They, I think, still have Skylar Thompson, who was like a sixth or seventh round rookie for them, who filled in decently for a bit when Tua Tagovailo had concussions last year. The Dolphins have brought back Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, and Miles Gaskin at the running back position. Why? <laughs> don't care. Don't care. Still don't care. I don't care. I mean, they were they were all so effective running the ball last year that I only put this in here for you, Rich. I know because you uh, had some investment in some of these guys, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, I had actually both. Um... Last season, I had both Raheem Mostert and uh, Jeff Wilson on my dynasty team. Um, they were already on my roster. I didn't acquire them after they were sent to Miami. They, they were already on my team. But I promptly shipped them out when they when they all got to Miami. You had them when they were on the 49ers together, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've been on my team for a while. All right. But, no, nah, I mean, like... They're not, they're they're good they're good football players in real life, but in terms of like fantasy, like, the Dolphins are going to do something at running back in the draft. That's the speculation. <laughs> that is the speculation. Okay, and then Braxton Barrios signed a one-year deal with the Dolphins as well. Again, this was more about Mike White going there and leaving the Jets, so that they don't have anything. And then they brought back these three running backs, so we think none of them are the answer, and they're probably going to address that in the draft. So that's a position to keep an eye out. Maybe they roll with the. the uh, running back by committee yeah. with these three guys. Yeah, that worked out really well for them last year. 49ers signed quarterback <laughs> Sam Darnold to a one-year deal. $3.5 million guaranteed, base salary of four point five, up to $11.5 million with incentives if Sam Darnold needs to start for some period of time for the 49ers, which he <laughs> may need, too. Talk about a great landing spot for Sam Darnold. He couldn't have landed in a better situation. It was up. Shanahan's system makes quarterback look. Look what he did to Brock Purdy last year. Everybody's acting like Brock Purdy's the goat. It, it, perfect for Sam Darnold. If Sam Darnold can go there, and it looks like Purdy had to get the surgery on his arm, it looks like he might not be ready for the season, and he gets to go and compete with Trey Lance. And, and he's recovering um, too, right? Yeah, but I think he had. I think it was a broken ankle, so he uh, should he's be supposed to be ready. Yeah, he should be. Uh, he should be ready to go. And, you know, the, the system Shanahan runs is very friendly for quarterbacks. Um, I mean, I think they learned in the playoffs last year that they need three quarterbacks on the roster, right? 
Um, if they had, three, I don't if think they had, had a third quarterback on the roster, they would have won that playoff I, th- game, right? I think they should be safe and carry five or six. All right, and this is more about what are we feeling about the pass catchers on the 49ers then? We're not sure if, if Purdy is going to start. We're not even sure who the quarterback's going to be. If all three are healthy, I imagine it would be Purdy starting, and then I don't even know which one of those guys would actually be the backup between Darnold and Trey Lance. I think it goes Purdy, Lance, Darnold. Darnold but, like, I that, you know. Uh, I don't. Know. I think I got to give the inside track to Lance. I'm not yeah. saying he's going to win it, but for everything that they paid for him, they want him to be the guy. Absolutely. So I think he, he's going to get the first crack. I believe if Purdy's not there, but I mean Darnold could beat him out. Yeah. So how do we feel about Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk on the 49ers at the moment going into next season? Do we feel drastically different about how they performed last season? Can we expect more of the same? I think it'll be similar. Probably pretty similar. Yeah. Hey, what, what do you think, Mike? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, so I was actually kind of... On a points-per-game basis, Brandon Ayuk finished as wide receiver 24 among qualified wide receivers. That's a minimum of 50 targets. And Debo Samuel was wide receiver 28. Brandon Ayuk had 13.4 points per game. Debo Samuel, 13 points a game. We expecting a similar sort of outcome for those guys as well, making them... I think Debo has a better year. Uh, I think he had a down year. Uh, Ayuk, I think, is really settling. If he can have this type of consistent production, I think it, you're, you're happy with that. Um, would you like to see him do better? Yeah. But uh, what you said he finished like 24 PPR, something like that? Brandon Ayuk? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, you know, I don't think he was grafted to, you know, to depending on where you got him at, um, I think he's landing right around there. Yeah, let's see. Hold on. PPR last year. Brandon, are you number 15? This was on, I'm doing points per game basis. Got you. Got you. Points not, per not game. total points. Okay, so yeah. Total points. PPR number 15. That's really good um, for, for what you expected to get out of them. So, uh, I mean, like we said, the 49ers offense is a unique beast of its own the way they run that thing i don't i don't think anybody was really predicting Ayuk to finish that much better than debo uh you know it's uh i i don't feel terrible about them no uh these aren't guys that i'm panic selling because of the quarterback by any means and uh if you got them i think you hold them yeah it's it's tough to say because i mean they have so many weapons the niners do um Two great receivers, McCaffrey at running back, Kittle at tight end, and it's like it's it's see it week to week with it um, with their players. Some they pop off, and you know they have some couple mediocre games. Not not really McCaffrey though, but more so Kittle, um, Debo this past season. Um, it, it makes it tough to predict for fantasy with having all the weapons. Okay, and uh, that's I'm just trying to get a general feel for them. So I so it sounds like we expect Brandon Ayuk to finish in a similar territory as far as points per game but maybe like not wide receiver 15 and a total points maybe a little bit beneath that but like not too still somebody that you want to draft and have on your team obviously like we're not expecting really a huge change i guess imagine yeah, I, but debo samuel we could see having a slight improvement season, from yeah. was he hurt at all last year samuel i don't i don't believe so he didn't play one game oh no he missed the end of the season oh, a yeah. couple games hmm. Uh, week 15 through 17, it looks like he didn't play. Right. But that's, again, that's why I looked at mine on a points per game right. basis. That's why I'm trying to get a, you know, but that also probably includes a game where they get hurt and miss because that's also why right. T. Higgins is lower because he 
was active for a game and played one snap, and that counts against him. And then he played like four snaps in another game, and it throws the things off. But all right, so Debo Samuel, we're expecting a bounce back from probably uh, more of a wide receiver too. But we basically we don't expect again that outlier season where he was like a top five wide receiver anymore. We just a little bit lowered the expectations. Too many weapons. Yeah. All righty. Let's move on then to the Carolina Panthers, who have done quite a bit. So, first off, they made a trade up to the number one overall pick in the draft. Why don't I have the trade compensation on there? That's crazy. Maybe we are. Did we talk about this in an episode? Uh, We did. Okay, cool. So, we went over this before. Listen to that episode if you want to know what the trade compensation was. Panthers (laughs) traded up to the number one overall. They shipped out DJ Moore, the ninth overall pick. First round next year, I think, and then a second round as well, either this year or next year, in order to move up to the number one overall pick. They're going to take a quarterback with that selection, most likely. I can't imagine they would have moved up for anything otherwise. So we're going to have take a quarterback, huh? They're going to take a quarterback, right? So they're going to have a rookie quarterback starting for them next year, possibly, maybe, maybe. Rich has a different theory about that. They brought in Andy Dalton. They have Andy Dalton on a two-year deal. Eight million dollars uh, guaranteed, with uh, uh, up to eleven million dollars based off of performance. So he could theoretically be the starter for the season over the rookie, depending on which rookie quarterback yeah. they take. Maybe he'll start a few games. After shipping out DJ Moore, they acquired some players on this offense because they also traded Christian McCaffrey last year, and of course the what's his name now it's not robbie anderson anymore it's chosen chosen, chosen anderson chosen, yeah. yeah chosen anderson's no longer on the team either they acquired miles sanders on a four-year deal with 13 million dollars guaranteed uh and up to 25.4 million dollars also brought in tight end hayden hurst on a three-year deal with 13 million guaranteed and up to 21 million dollars just leave it there forget the point Adam Thielen came in on a three-year deal with $14 million guaranteed, worth up to $25 million. And then DJ Chark signed on a one-year deal as well. So their top receivers at the moment are Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, and LaVisca Chenault. Terrace Marshall Jr.? Terrace Marshall Jr., how could I forget? I'm pretty sure Le- Chenault. Shy <laughs> Smith? Shy Smith? Smith. Uh, just real quick, I just when we were talking about Robbie Anderson, sorry, Chose Anderson, uh, I just went over to his Instagram real quick, and I just really appreciate that his uh, his like categorization is gamer. Uh, I just thought that was funny. He's on them sticks. He's playing Madden now, living that's about living vicariously through Madden. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. <laughs> All right, so. The bottom line is the Panthers are going to have a rookie quarterback. Their passing caster situation at the moment is Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, and then those other collection of guys we missed. Just on a personal note here, like I'm just kind of frustrated because I had originally, when we did our Dynasty League, taken DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault because they were on the Jacksonville Jaguars who just added Trevor Lawrence, who is supposed to be the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. And I was like, one of these guys should emerge as the number one pass catcher for Trevor Lawrence. And then Urban Meyer happened, and then Doug, or, you know, then they moved on. But by then, the, it was too late for DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault, who got chipped out of there when Doug Peterson came in. And now they're on the Carolina Panthers together again. So yeah. this is just, you know. It's cyclical. They're back. Maybe you'll be right this time, though. Maybe one of them will break out as the number one pass catching option for the Panthers, not the Jaguars. I'm in a glass case of emotion! 
Yeah, I don't think it's going to be Chenault. I'd have to be backing on Chark, and he's on a one-year deal, and it's going to be Andy Dalton or a rookie. Yeah, I mean, you figure Andy Dalton will get a few starts till the rookie's up to speed and ready to go. What? What? If you decide one of them's the number one, what's the biggest risk you're willing to take on one of those guys? (laughs) Third round pick. Third round pick. So like I'm talking for like a dynasty, like I might trade a third for one of those dudes. Oh, like I'm not. Okay, I meant like if we were doing a redraft league, that's oh. why I was like, you said third round. I was like, you take that guy in no, the third no, round, you a lunatic? No, that's like you know round sixteen. Like you're all everybody like is picking their last picks on the bench. Like so, all right, let me get picked a, it without uh, the without any real expectation, yeah. more hope. <laughs> okay, that's what I wanted to establish. It's a dart throw. It's a flyer. We're not interested in the no, pass catchers. No, I'm not taking it seriously. How I mean, interested are we in Miles Sanders? That's a pretty good offensive line there in Carolina. They're going to have a rookie Andy Dalton. We're questioned about how he'll hold up being the three-down back yeah, for the team for the season. He should be a solid RB, too. Okay. All right. The pass catching upside is just not there for me to, you know, give, even give him back-end RB1. But he's, he is what he is. He's, he's a solid RB, too. All right. Fair enough. Let's move on to the Houston Texans, the team that will be picking number two overall. They have signed Case Keenum to a deal to come in there. They have also brought in Robert Woods in a two-year deal for $15.2 million. I'm amazed, just amazed, that after like what's happened with Robert Woods, he was still able to get a deal like that and come in. You look less than impressed with the move there, Rich. You know, so everybody needs to bring in a mentor. Maybe he's still got a little bit left in the tank that we don't know about. <laughs> they also signed Noah Brown to a one-year deal, $2.25, million guaranteed. Uh, worth 2.6 in base salary and up to 3.1, so not expecting a whole lot from him. Here's just my my hope is that I don't think bringing Robert Woods in prevents them from drafting a wide receiver. I think the fact that they brought Robert Woods in just made it less likely that their plan was to take a wide receiver with their second pick. I feel like they're going to address their defensive line with their second pick in the first round. So that is my hope, is that as a Nico Collins owner, that he remains as the one. Also, they spent a first-round pick last year on John Mechie. We know he had the battle with cancer. There's some talk. It seems like he may be back this next season. I'm not sure. Every so often when I hear people mention them on other shows, it seems like they're talking about him coming back this season. So then you have Brandon Cooks and John Mechie, and you just signed Robert Woods to the deal. And do you invest another first-round pick in a wide receiver after doing it last year when you have other holes on your roster to fill? Do you really expect to need that? Like, are you competing this year that you need to add that playmaker this year, or could you, you know, address the defensive line and maybe be a little bit more competitive in a division that's kind of open aside from the Jacksonville Jaguars? That's just my very optimistic hope. I know you think that they're going to take a wide receiver there. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Aww. I do. Killing my dreams I'm here, sorry, Rich. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's, it's, it's We're allowed to believe these things. I'm allowed to have, like I said, it's hope more than anything. So, again, this question will be answered in a couple of weeks when the draft actually happens at the end of the month. So we can always revisit that then. But in the meantime, no value really for Robert Woods, right? Like, again, it, if they don't draft a rookie, are we exp- we're not expecting Robert Woods to be the one there over Collins or, Me- or Mechie if he's back, right? Probably not. I mean, okay. at, at this point, I mean, We're not Ro- really, Robert it, Woods was supposed to be the one last year for Tennessee, and you know it's a run-heavy offense, and you know they struggled. 
But they're going to have Case Keenum on a rookie. How interested are we in the number one wide receiver on this offense? Mm, depends. For, I mean, for this season as it currently sits, so not including a rookie pick coming up. Not very enthused, not really worth anything more than a dart throw at the end. We'll see who it is. We'll see who they take. No, I said not including oh. the rookie. Oh. I'm talking about the guys as it currently is. Nico not Collins, really. John Mechie, Robert Woods. Not really interested in doing anything other than a flyer at the end yeah, of the draft. Late. Okay, yeah, and yes. if they take a first-round wide receiver... Potentially. Potentially yeah, interested I'm, I'm, I'm as might a be in. flex. I'm, I might be in as a flex, yeah. Okay. We'll see who it is, who they take at quarterback, because this all still got to shake out. You know, if they end up with Will Levis at quarterback, then I want nothing to do with any of their wide receivers. All right, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> and, again, what if they do then, like, take Anthony Richardson, who needs to develop, so they got Case Keenum starter. It's a, ri- a risky situation. So Case Keenum went to the NFC Championship game a few years ago. He did. He ago. took the Minnesota Vikings further than uh, Kirk Cousins ever has. And people keep forgetting about that. Put some respect on his name. insane to me. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. Devin Singletary signed a one-year deal with the Houston Texans. I think this is good news for Damian Pierce because I think it means that Damian Pierce will remain the one on the team and see a majority of the work. I know Devin Singletary is more of a pass-catching back, but Damian Pierce can do that as well. And I think it's not so much – they didn't bring him in specifically to be the every third down role, but more of a let's rotate him in behind Damian mm-hmm. Pierce to give him some rest. So I think it'll be a timeshare but like a 65-35 split with Damian Pierce yeah, as th- the lead backs. I think it's great news for yeah. Damian Pierce owners and I've been banging that drum for since he was drafted last year that he's going to get replaced next season uh, you know hey, doesn't look that way now after they bring in Singletary it looks like he's a, uh, a supplement to mm-hmm. Pierce Rich so. has moved on from them replacing Damian Pierce for me and moved on to them replacing Nico Collins for me <laughs> I just had a question about uh, kind of overall theory with um, a lot of running backs coming in this year that, I mean, that this this draft class was touted as, you know, this should be a good amount of serviceable guys on the NFL level in here. For a lot of those guys that are maybe, you know, at the end of their rookie contract, I'm talking running backs only here, do we see maybe a, a big – a big change in the guard here. Um, a lot of these new guys coming in and immediately supplanting uh, guys like Devlin Singletary, like these these more middling uh, RB twos, and really kind of pushing them out of fantasy relevance as a whole. Or what what do you think? Um, as far as I, I guess, what's your overall outlook on this this rookie running back class? Do you think there's a lot of value to be gained there? You know, you got it. Definitely a real possibility. But now, what, what gives me a bit of a pause? A few of the running backs have size concerns. So right there, you're already, you know, you got to knock off a couple off the list of potential, you know, three-down workhorse guys because it's size-wise, they're probably not going to hold up. So so an NFL team's probably not going to ask them to do it. So that whittles down the list. And, and you, you get left with a few guys who have that potential. Obviously, Bijan, um, I'm not ready to say Gibbs, but I wouldn't be surprised if he could He's in a Camara little, type. a little smaller. Potentially, but I'm I'm leaving him off. Um, Charbonnet fits that build. The other thing you have to um, consider too is pass catching ability. If you really yes. want to make a lot of impact and pass blocking, pass protections in the first big, year. Yeah. Now, there's some situations that are right for um, a changing of the guard. Cincinnati being one of them. Um, where else? What's going on, Buffalo? 
Buffalo, that's another good one. I mean, they got James Cook. They could use a, a supplement there, not necessarily someone to, you know, supersede him and take over, but somebody to, you know, come in and just help out, take the load off of Josh Allen a bit, maybe a, someone with a goal line back, short yardage profile. Yeah, Bear, I, the Bears, they got the Bears. We'll yeah. get we. There's some running back stuff coming up we'll in a little bit later up. on. The Rams. Well, we can. Um, I mean, we could jump to that now. I do the have Cardinals. It, like, uh, you could, there's there. a lot of situations that could. Add. Yeah, it could end up pushing a lot of these guys that were fringe guys just down to irrelevance. Mm-hmm. That's really what I'm saying. Not the stars per se, knocking them down a peg, but guys that were hey. I have to flex this guy in this week because of injury, bye week. But now there's going to be, you know, should I be looking at, if I'm doing a redraft especially, trying to target maybe well, some of these younger guys that come in? I think the, the better the better way to go about it might be, let's talk about who's safe. Mm-hmm. Like what guys are safe, do you think? I don't know, yeah. Like, Miles Sanders safe? In, I mean, yeah, they just signed him to that right. contract. Safe. He's probably safe. I, I imagine Kenneth Walker safe. Mm-hmm. I imagine Brees Hall safe. Um, Jonathan Taylor safe. Um, I think Jonathan Taylor's going to last year of his contract. His heads up. Where are we at? Let's pull Christian, this running back list up. Christian McCaffrey is safe yeah. for the 49ers mm-hmm. for the time being. The Rams need a guy. The Cardinals only have James Conner. They probably need a guy. I mean, Green Bay could be a ripe spot for that. Do they believe in A.J. Dillon still? I mean, Aaron Jones is getting up there. He just restructured, too, and, yeah, like you said, he's getting up there. The Eagles might need somebody. They might not trust Rashad Penny to stay healthy all season, and they like to use a rotation. Cowboys, maybe Dankin on Tony Pollard coming off an injury. That's another great spot. Tony Pollard's on the franchise tag, too, so it's not like he's they've committed a long-term deal to him. I mean, there's a lot of situations that look like I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if if the Broncos took somebody to, you know, is is Javante's knee great? Like, is that okay? I mean, they they don't really have much behind them. Besides B. John Robinson, I am imagining roughly three running backs taken between the second and third round that by midseason will probably be the starter for their team. Even if they're not the pass catcher, they might end up being like the bruiser running back carrying it. So, again, an example of like, you know, Tanks, Big CB, or Roshan Johnson, guys who aren't maybe necessarily pass catchers, but are bigger, thicker guys that might go somewhere to to a team where like they might be in a rotation or behind somebody, but like if they go to the Bills and they're behind James Cook, who's a little bit smaller, and Damian Harris, who you know, isn't necessarily explosive and didn't stay healthy, and then something happens to one of them, Merge is the number one running back on the team in a situation like that. Yeah, we didn't mention the Eagles either. The Eagles could take a running back. Yeah. Yeah, let me uh, give you a couple names in here. Um, like, you know, guys like – I'm sorry. Excuse me. Let me give you a couple names in here, and just let me know what you guys think on uh, immediate impact. Uh, if you're playing Dynasty and you're looking for an immediate impact player, uh, Tank Bigsby – Sean Tucker, Zach Evans, Kendra Miller, and Taiji Spears. Are you expecting those guys? I mean, and obviously, we don't know where they're going to land yet, but if you're looking for somebody to come in, make an immediate impact, these guys aren't going to be first-round picks, most likely, in your dynasty leagues. Um, you know, uh, are you are you feeling good about taking them maybe in the second round of a dynasty league? Give me the names again. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go slow here. Tank Bigsby. I am interested in him. Sean Tucker. Potentially. Uh, not as... Yeah, I'm not sure. Potentially. Zach Evans. 
Not really, but he has the profile. And Kendra Miller. And then, sorry, also Ty J. Spears. I think he's going to be a scat back. Yeah, Spears is a smaller guy. The other guys fit that, that build. To have us come in and get some, get some time. They come in, they fit the build as like they, they've, they hit the benchmarks that we talk about, that we talked about last year, size, weight, BMI. Um, Spears is the only one who probably doesn't. Um, but it's it's tough to say without seeing capital and, and landing spot. But yeah. they, all all those guys, they have they they fit the you know the framework and they have the the the, the potential to to make an impact. Now, I I think of the four outside of Spears, the one I would expect to come on a bit later would probably be Kendry Miller. He's working back from the knee injury. That he suffered late in the season, so I don't know if we're getting immediate impact out. He hasn't even been able to test. He didn't run at the combine, nothing. He didn't at the pro day either. So risky. He, he may slip in the draft because of that. And a guy who was a potential, you know, third round pick, late day two, may fall to the fourth round or fifth round. Now, it, you know, it's tough to say. But it, I like him as a, as a prospect. But I don't know if he's got day one impact. Okay, well, fair enough. So, yeah, so like I said, I kind of agree, and like you said, it's kind of a dart throw in there. Like, I'll, if we're looking at the group of five guys, maybe one or two of them comes out and right. is uh, useful this upcoming season in fantasy. Like, immediately. Again, I, I immediately, think the better yeah. chances are B, obviously B. John Robinson and then Jameer Gibbs and Zach Charbonnet are your three best bets to have immediate impact. And I think maybe two of these other guys two to three of these other like next handful of guys yeah you know i like to fits that uh, i like chase brown he's got a chance oh, chase brown him, is, yeah. uh, he's got a chance to come in and and play right away yeah he had a nice profile as well let's hop back to it though Gardner Minshew signs with the indianapolis colts who they're, have they're, the fourth overall pick their draft thank you b is that qb going to start for them over Gardner Minshew at the start of the season probably not Okay. Guy yeah, Minshew's on a one-year deal, three and a half million guaranteed, up to five and a half million. <coughs> you okay? That deal shocked you that much? I didn't mean to choke you. What? That they the disrespect, or that they pay him that much? Minshew's worth double that. So no, disres- I'm just kidding. No, I'm sorry, the, the Gatorade went down the wrong pipe. Gotcha. And you had to come up with a reason for it. All right. They re-signed Ashton Doolin to a two-year deal at wide receiver and then signed Isaiah McKenzie to a deal. So really, they're still left with Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce as their top two wide receivers. They're the first-round pick. It looks like they're going to be spending on a quarterback, so I don't know they're necessarily bringing in significant competition at wide receiver. So we've got Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce with Gardner Minshew or Will Levis. Do you feel better about Gardner Minshew than Will Levis starting for them? Absolutely. Um, it, it, it he he does scream Colts quarterback, doesn't he? Like I'm not I can't be the only one that thinks this. I have actually come to the decision that they're going to take Anthony Richardson and roll with Gardner Minshew for most of the season, and the theory being that Shane Ant- Steichen Shane Steichen is going to take Anthony Richardson and a guy kind of similar to Jalen Hurts in that sort of role, and that's how he's going to just. He's gonna be given. He just signed a deal with them, essentially, and he's got some time, so he can uh-huh. take a year to develop Anthony Richardson, while they've got Gardner Minshew starting for them. 
It makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. And it'll give some time to rebuild the, you know, their offensive line and you know get an extension done with Jonathan Taylor as opposed to drafting Will Levis, who would just kind of be in the same mold as, like you said, Carson Wentz and the other quarterbacks that they brought in before. But I think they might actually go with Anthony Richardson because I think Shane Steichen actually has some time to – I mean, just from a philosophical standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. Just from the – they've been taking these middling approaches to being great. And it's like, why don't you, you take the actual – the risk? Like, you keep t- trying to limiting your risk and your exposure by going after middling veteran quarterbacks. This is call what it is. Yeah. And hoping that you can put enough pieces around them to get them to the Super Bowl as opposed to having a guy that can take you there. And, like, why not now that you saw that that didn't work for, was it four seasons in a row, three seasons in a row now? Like, we're going to keep banging our head against the wall and hoping that the concrete wall breaks when it's not. Yeah. As a fan. So, like, I, it makes a lot of sense. Like, let's take the shot on the guy with the highest upside. I was going to say, this let's is a team that had Andrew Luck. And right. it's like, why don't you take a guy who has, like, who potentially as much upside right. in talent as Andrew Luck? So, Maybe not, not as good as a prospect. He's nowhere near no, as good of no, a prospect no, no, as Andrew no, no. Luck, who is refined. But as far as, like, the mentality of we had this guy who was like the best quarterback prospect in you know x amount of time and look at this guy with all this raw mm-hmm. talent and yeah. everything he can do and if we can just get him to that next level we could he could be the next sort of guy in that andrew luck sort of mold and yeah, physically he's got game breaking like skills like physical wise how fast he can run how strong he is how far he can throw the ball it's all just can he get it figured out between the ears and like the physical abilities are like otherworldly the, the, the dude's a beast, man. And like, if he gets that all figured out, like, and so it makes sense why the Colts would want to would want to do something like that. So, yeah. so let's let's uh, get to the bottom line then. If Gardner Minshew, if I if it's either Gardner Minshew or rookie quarterback for starting, do we see Michael Pittman hitting twelve hundred yards, receiving, with six touchdowns, hundred catches, twelve hundred yards, um, six touchdowns? Probably not. Is that his ceiling? But- PPR wise, he probably catches a lot of passes, kind of like he was this year. So, I mean, just floor wise, he might be a safe option with a very low ceiling, though. At the same time, like I, I don't. But that stat line's kind of like his ceiling. So, like his his ceiling is is a wide receiver for for now until we like until we see like if they see what happens at quarterback. Like I'm telling with a Minshew, I mean we we got to see him up hand. Uh, right. up closely this year a couple games and but if it's Anthony Richardson how do you you know and Will Levis you don't even want any part of that it's I don't think Bryce Young and CJ Stroud will be available for them at four, at four probably not no. or three even I think they go one and two so it's going to be Will Levis or Anthony Richardson so Anthony Richardson probably not going to play most of the first year and then you don't want anything to do with Will Levis yeah. I mean if you have Pittman you got to tough it out is that at this point, so we're looking at him as a wide receiver too. Then, because there was a lot of optimism oh, going into last year about him being a you know a wide receiver one having the breakout season with the quarterbacks there. Yeah, we all tried. We tried to speak it into existence, but it, you know that ship just wouldn't sail. Mid tier um, wide receiver, too yeah, he's Pittman. he's a wide mid the back end wide receiver too. And Alec Pierce, you don't want any part of no, him not necessarily in redraft. As I was saying, I'm a little redraft. bit more hesitant. Yeah. But in Dynasty, he's a grab and hold he, because Pittman needs a contract extension. He and good last year. If you get, yeah, let's just say if you get a, I mean, I'm more concerned about the quarterback right. play than necessarily at the skill set. But of I mean, they, they didn't players. have much last year though. At the same time, like the corpse of Matt Ryan and then Sam Ellinger, like I mean, it's not like they were working with with great quarterbacks to begin with. It's like Pierce was able to look very like a very good young rookie with poop at quarterback and. 
Pittman was was what he always is. So like, I don't know. It's tough, man. I don't know if it's as much doom and gloom. I was gonna say Pierce is definitely a hold in dynasty. I think his situation can really only improve going forward. In redraft, I, you can't draft him to be a starter. Though is essentially kind of where I'm at. No, nah, I think he's he's like bench by week fill in for for redraft. Yeah. Okay. Moving on then to Taylor Heineke going to the Atlanta Falcons on a two-year deal worth $20 million. They're apparently starting Desmond Ritter there. They've signed Matt Collins to a deal. So they've got Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Matt Collins filling out their pass catchers at the moment Dude. with either Taylor Heineke or Desmond Ritter. So, I'm sorry, they signed Scott Miller as well and, and traded for Jonu Smith. They sent a seventh round over to the Patriots for Jonu Smith. <laughs> They're making moves. We have any interest in the Falcons' offense outside of Drake London or so, Kyle Pitts? As an Eagles fan, I'm happy that Taylor Heineke is no longer in the NFC East because for some reason he ends up he somehow beats the Eagles. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense, but he does it every year. He gets a chance to play against him. He beats him. So happy we don't have to see him again. Um, In terms of their offense, um, <laughs> Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and either Algier if they don't draft the running back or the running back that they do draft. Outside of that, I mean, what is it? Do you really want Scotty Miller? No offense. No. Is Drake, is Drake London a 100-catch, 1,200-yard receiver this upcoming season? Potentially, just because they got nobody else to really throw the ball to. I mean, it's yeah, him that and was Pitts, kind of the logic like, last year. He didn't yeah, necessarily yeah. hit that. Yeah, it's true. That's what I'm saying. More of closer to 85 so, catches for a thousand. Do we have yeah. their? Do yeah, we have their? Yeah, do no, we have their, their total like offense? Like how many? How many passing yards did the Falcons throw for this not past year? It's like, do we expect that? We we expect that to increase? Not necessarily a ton, but a little bit, right? I mean, Desmond Ritter, whether or not he is going to be a productive NFL quarterback. He's got to be better than Mariota, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe not, but... No, yeah, see, that's the problem, is I don't know how much they're going to throw, and that's just a matter of the volume. Like, again, one of those things where I... the Remember, it's not just a matter of if they're not hitting that, so they're not useful. It's That's the threshold of a wide receiver one. The wide receiver two threshold is closer to 85 catchers for... A fa- uh, about a thousand yards and six touchdowns. That sounds more likely for London. Okay, yeah. that's kind of what I was saying. So more of a wide receiver too than season for Drake London, and but like further down than what we expect for Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave this upcoming season. A bit, but I mean, I still like his upside going forward, Drake. I think I still believe he has wide receiver uh, one uh, upside, not yeah. overall, but they just need to figure out their quarterback situation. That's the problem. That and you know. It, Again, that's not, not my, my issue with none of these guys has anything to do with them, their talent. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I get you. But it's a, also, too, is does Arthur Smith continue to run the ball like it's 1908 and, you know, the forward pass hasn't even been Is he competing yet, for right? his job? He's competing for his job at this point, right? Like, I mean, I don't know. What else are you – like, what are they – he's this is he's not his, a bad coach either. Year, that's the thing though, that gets, this will be like, his, frustrating. Like, he's will like, this be his third year? Or is this only I his second this year? this is his – I think it's his third year. I think it is his third year. But like, it's not like he's a terrible coach either. I actually like him as a coach. He's just stubborn, kind of stuck in his ways, won't throw the ball. Either that or maybe it was just because they didn't have anybody to throw the ball last year. So who knows? Yeah, this is his second year. This will be a second year. This is okay. Yeah, okay. Years, this so. might be kind of a, a make or break thing. This this is a problem. I feel like he committed to that strategy last year to try to compete when like maybe they should have done something else so they were picking a little higher yeah. in the draft or and just like, you know, 
it's one of those things where what was the plan after letting Matt Ryan go if we were just going to roll with that going forward and how much long again just how long do we usually give coaches to rebuild and then I'm worried that if they do give him more time like how successful does he need to be to keep his job and then like does this thing happen where like he ends up drafting a rookie next year to try to save his job and come and compete and then they just get rid of him and then you've got a rookie quarterback who's now got a new head coach in his second year and like that seems like what's going to happen and I just wish it I hope it doesn't. Just a bad path for things to go down. But that's uh, so Drake London. Bottom line is we're looking at wide receiver two. They may or may not address the running back situation in the draft. If if not, Tyler Algier probably have a pretty decent year there. I don't know how much more they're going to get out of Cordero Patterson, and you got to see the draft really after that. What's going to happen with Algier? So. We'll move on to the Commanders then, who had to replace Taylor Heineke going away, and they have signed Jacoby Brissett to a one-year deal, max of $10 million if he hits all of his incentives, although their plan is to start Sam Howe. We have three wide receivers who were fantasy-relevant on the Commanders last year, Jahan Dotson, Terry McLaurin, and Curtis Samuel, who are now either going to have Sam Howe or Jacoby Brissett starting for them. Jacoby Brissett, if he ends up being the starter, is fine. He supported Amari Cooper the first half of the year before Deshaun Watson came in and decided to turn Amari Cooper from a wide receiver one to a wide receiver two. I guess the question more is how much can he support? Because the three of them at the start of the season were were being supported with Carson Wentz just throwing the ball all over the place. And then even when Heineke came in for a bit, he was still at least supporting two of them. It was just like the second one flipped every week. McLaurin came back, and then it was a matter of whether – Jahan Dotson was going to catch a touchdown or not that week if he was above, you know, Curtis Samuel. And so yes. we've got ranked the three, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel. Is that the right order? McLaurin, Dotson, Samuel, yep. And where are we viewing McLaurin at? 1,200 to 1,300 yards or 1,000 to 1,100 yards? 1,000. He's in the Michael Pittman range for Wide me. receiver, too. Until we, until we see what happens with – he's a back-end wide receiver, too, until we see what, what, what goes on at quarterback. Jahan Dotson then – sorry. To I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm anticipating that they're actually sticking to what they're saying and going to try and see what they can get out of Sam Howe. So that makes me nervous for the wide receivers. But I, I was a big fan of Howe's coming out of the draft. He was my top quarterback last year. I remember. Um, you were very upset when he fell as far as he did. Yeah, it just, you know, didn't make sense. But we'll see. Maybe it did. And then Jahan Dotson then as the wide receiver, too, there. If McLaurin is a wide receiver, too, reviewing at Dotson is a flex As play. a flex, yeah. All right. Uh, anything else as far as the commanders go? No, we expect Brian Robinson. I don't really know what's going on with that running back situation. I imagine Brian Robinson will be the guy. Antonio Gibson's yeah. the rotational dude behind him crazy all right and we can move on i had some speculation about where anthony richardson could go in the draft some play with some teams but panthers. we'll move on for some time panthers panthers <laughs> yeah. i had them listed you just want to take them at 110 and get all the juice you can get out of them yeah. it's funny i'd have had like every team listed there except for the colts who i've recently decided are probably in a team and play for him but I didn't think so when I was first going through all this. But let's move on to the Colts are taking well. some skill position players that didn't really have too much of a change at quarterback. We've got wide receivers. DJ Moore was shipped over to the Bears. you got Darnell Mooney there. They've also brought in Robert Tanyan. Tanyan. And DJ Moore's head and shoulders better than any other weapon they have there. So DJ Moore then. It it's, remains to be seen if Fields will take that step. But like, 
think we, we may draft have... him expecting a thousand yards, not twelve hundred. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think we talked about it previously on an, on a an, uh, previous episode with um, when the trade happened. Yeah, with quarterbacks getting that guy and making the leap. So like, there's some you know potential there for him to hit the twelve hundred, but. But draft him with the expectation of a thousand. Yeah, don't draft and for then, the expectation of a wide receiver one, because you're setting yourself up for failure, and you may overdraft them. And then Darnell Mooney, who had had a pretty good season two years ago after having a down year last flex. year with some injury, flex play. Yeah, I All just right. don't see how the Bears' offense would support two two uh, wide receivers like that. It could be wide receiver two or above. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I don't hey, think again, maybe it's four, one of those things where like they've they, never they keep had a four thousand yard pass. They keep comparing it to Jalen Hurts. The history of their franchise. They keep comparing it to Jalen Hurts, getting AJ Brown and AJ Brown, Devontae Smith both produce. Yeah, so we, maybe, but like that's again, I think that's like the most optimistic outcome of what could happen. And realistically, that's not. Yeah. They would probably need their uh, first four thousand yard passing season in the history of the franchise too. Get that done. <laughs> Brandon Cooks gets <laughs> traded to the Dallas Cowboys for a 2023 fifth-round pick and a 2024 sixth-round pick. That's a good move for the Cowboys. Hate to say it, but it's true. Yeah. So Amari Cooper, or not Amari Cooper, sorry, C.D. Lamb, obviously the wide receiver one there. This seems like it's more about competing with Michael Gallup for the number two and, role. Yeah, I'm taking some pressure off of C.D. Is it going to take some pressure? Is it going to take some targets? Is it going to do a combination of both? A little bit of both, but... I- not worried too much about Cooks. There really wasn't a consistent, solid number two option for Dallas last year. There really wasn't. So that's what, so then with the combination of like Gallup being healthy and being back, and Brandon Cooks being that's what I mean. Does some target share come away from CD Lamb, or are we still good expecting twelve hundred yards, a hundred catches, and roughly twelve hundred yards from CD Lamb? Do you expect that from CD? All right. So I wide think, receiver one stuff for CD Lamb. I think Lamb. so. Do you feel differently? No, not not necessarily. Uh, just again and. That's the baseline. Remember, some wide receivers will have more than 12.6 yards per catch. Some will have more, you know, a lower but more yeah. volume. Some will have a few more touchdowns. This Less is kind yards, of the baseline. Yeah. But that, that's again, comes out to be about 15 fantasy points per game, which is around wide receiver 11, 12 last year. So, like, more than that is what you're expecting. So, that's, like, the minimum threshold. And I do expect CeeDee Lamb to come in around there. So, I am drafting him. Uh, there are some that I think might finish higher, so I'm like a lower-end wide receiver one, mm-hmm. but still a wide receiver one for okay. C.D. Lamb. So, yeah, I agree with you on that. And then Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, do you feel strongly about one or the other? Are they both in, kind of in the same category? Um, I would have Cooks ranked higher. Um, I would Just based s- off of how consistent he's been over yeah, his career. Yeah, and I would I don't want to say by a significant margin, but like by you know a decent amount, I would have Cooks above Gallup. In like a round or two and redraft. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dynasty, though, eh, they're probably about the same. Cooks is a little older, though. Yeah, that's what gets them down there, about the same area. I just, I just see Cooks as a better player than Gallup. And Tony Pollard was given the franchise tag. Ezekiel Elliott was released. Cowboys could be in a position to add a running back in the draft. Yeah. Tony Pollard's got to come back from an injury. So what do we think? I guess Bijan. Pollard. might take Bijan. At their pick, is he going to be there? If he falls, if he if he gets the twenty, they're definitely taking Bijan. There's no way they're not. So let's assume it's not Bijan Robinson who goes there. What, what are we feeling about Tony Pollard, who still needs to come back from injury and might not look like himself at the start of the season? They showed that they could support two running backs previously. Um, Do we think we saw when Tony Pollard filled in when Zeke was out for a few games? He just had this really high ceiling where he was like a top five running back. Do we project that over a course of a season? 
for Tony Pollard that he can get that sort of volume? Or are we looking at he might be capped out at RB12 because they're going to bring in somebody else to use as a rotational bat? I think someone else comes in because, like, if he does, if he is to get that volume, then, yeah, like, wheels up, let's go. Uh, but I don't know if it's frame-wise he'll hold up taking that workload over a full a full season. Okay. Bijan to the Cowboys makes too much sense, and it makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> oh, so are we looking at – so then if we're talking about uh, Tony Pollard, are we looking at like 14 carries and four catches per game or something more like – you know, 12 carries and three catches per game is more of a, in the wheelhouse for Tony Pollard. Right, like we expect it maybe a little bit less than that even. 10 to 12 and then, you know, three, four catches. Okay, so that would put him as, you know, like you said, a, a about a top end actually wide receiver, or RB2, kind of closer mm-hmm. borderline RB1 territory if he's getting that sort of volume, depending on, again, how efficient everything is and touchdowns and all that. Dude looked electric class. He did. Yeah, he did. But that's uh, again, it was just during that time he looked like an R- top five RB, and we're not projecting that going closer to like an RB twelve, I would say, depending on league size and league format. And then Ronald Jones signs a one year deal. He's not going to stop you from adding in the draft, though. I had Denver wide receiver there listed because there was talk they might be traded, but it sounds like the Broncos won a first-round plus for Jerry Judy and a second-round plus for Cortland Sutton, so those guys aren't going anywhere. DeAndre Hopkins is rumored to be traded. The Arizona Cardinals, in the meantime, have signed Zach Pascal to a two-year deal and brought in running back Corey Komet on one-year deal, so they've done nothing to help their pass-catching yep. crew. The Cardinals are going to be awful next year. Oh, yeah, they're not going to be good. But real quick, though, shout-out Corey Clement. He's a super cool dude. I met him at a sports card show. Uh, back in early uh, early March, super cool dude. You got him to sign something, right? Yeah, You're trying to signed, get like all the Super Bowl. Eagles yeah, from to the sign. from the Eagles. Um, everybody in the Philly special play from the Eagles Super Bowl win. I'm just waiting on Foles now. I got Burton and uh, Clement. Right. But yeah, Clement was super cool dude, man. Super cool. Shout out to Corey Clement. OBJ is rumored to expect uh, to be going to the Jets, is the last I heard, is the most likely landing spot. Aaron Rodgers, he was on Aaron Rodgers' wish list. Aaron Rodgers still hasn't been traded to the Jets as of this recording. That's hilarious. He's making a wish list for another team that he's not even on yet. It, That's I, hilarious, but here's the thing, dude. It, but hang on. That it's is so, so funny. It, it's not a demand, though. and like I, I hate like people like say that because it's like, if you're bringing in a quarterback like that, yeah, you want to talk to him about, hey, these are the free agents out there. Is there anybody that interests you? And it's like, you know, why, you know, why would you not have that conversation with your quarterback nah, about which pass, nah, no. which pass catchers would you balls. prefer? I'm just busting balls. It's fun to pile on Rodgers, and it's easy too. He makes himself an easy target. <laughs> I also feel like the attacking the darkness retreat is like a closed-minded thing because it's more of like. It's a. It's actually like a thing that cultures and other things do, where it's like supposed to be like you either expose yourself to an extreme of some sort in order to like you know alter your senses and like kind of think differently so you know like you know no real like food or clothing or anything just kind of expose yourself to the element to extreme until it pushes you to the point where like you kind of do have slight hallucin hallucinations and and other cultures do something similar to it and it's just me i just like it's one of those things where like you know everybody like in the nfl media and are making fun of it and then it's like you know there's probably a bunch of other cultures that they turn on worldwide Mm -hmm. and heard something like that be like that's totally normal we do things like Mm -hmm. that all the time well i mean you know don't care don't care still don't care i don't care 
This is a complete sidetrack it, from what we need to be talking about. It's very easy to pile on things you don't know or understand. <laughs> exactly. Right. Let's get back so to... Sorry to pile on. Yeah, exactly. pile on. They were Americans. <laughs> Let's get back to uh, football. Yeah. The New England Patriots signed Juju Smith-Schuster to a three-year deal. It's worth a max of $33 million. He's got $16 million guaranteed. They also signed Mike Kosecki to a one-year deal at tight end and James Robinson to a two-year deal worth up to $8 million at running back situation. So Jacoby Myers out, Juju Smith-Schuster in, Tyquan Thornton, the second-round pick from last year. Do we have any interest in these Patriots pass catchers? Is Juju Smith-Schuster having 1,000 yards this season with the Patriots? No. I'm just going to say no because I, I, I don't like him. Um, he may, he may, he may not. I don't know. I don't care. I just will not say that he will. I fart in your general direction. Um, is that at best his ceiling? A thousand yards with the Patriots? Probably. I mean, I expect Tyquan Thornton to make a step. I mean, he looked good last year. So Juju wide receiver three at best. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just we don't need to waste Listen, too much time. No, no, no. Seriously, don't even draft him. Just caught him if you got him on Dynasty. Boy. That escalated quickly. <laughs> Redraft league, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, wide receiver, three at best. And I'm just kind of going forward for this season. I know I we're talking about this upcoming season when I'm giving like what we expect as far as performance. And then dynasty, obviously, a little bit different. Yeah, but yeah. as far as what you expect as far as performance this season is what I keep it. doing. And then we can always add on the dynasty what yeah. you expect. But I, he's at the point where I, I don't know. Like you said, this is his third team in three years. Come on. Hasn't hit his that one year was like an outlier year with Antonio Brown there in front of him or the two years I guess it was. It's like you can move on. Any yeah. interested? Uh, does James Robinson make you feel better about Ramondre Stevenson? Does it make you feel like hey, they pro- might not add another running back to compete here, and Ramondre Stevenson will continue being productive like he was with them last year and be the workhorse? Or that's the, that's the thought, but I mean it. Bill loves bringing in depth running backs. Belichick loves doing that. Like he'll they bring, do have Pierre Strong, too. He will bring in running backs until, you know, forever. The end of time, he will keep bringing in new running backs. And, and you know, it's just part of that process. So we're not, uh, we don't feel that Ramondre Stevenson is necessarily secure in his position. So if you're drafting today closer it's, to RB12. Yeah, I mean, I still have him as an RB1, a back-end RB1. And it's not that I think that he's in jeopardy per se it's just that patriot way yeah i mean even they had stevenson last year and damian harris on the roster and what they do they went and they drafted two running backs and then they signed an undrafted free agent running back so like you already had a a younger guy on the roster already damian harris is still under control and they bring in three running backs so it's it's just part of that process damian harris goes away so we bring in james robinson you know got to keep the room fully stocked yeah, I, I mean, as a James Robinson uh, dynasty uh, holder, uh, I mean, I'm not feeling super optimistic outside the handcuff. Um, he's probably not going to get. There's, I feel like he's one of those guys. Like, I mean, he's probably over the hump of the best of years of his career. Just, I mean, he he, he outperformed his his stock. I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a tough. It's a tough. He was injury. undrafted too. Really. Yeah, he, he looked good. He was explosive, yeah. and then Achilles yeah. zapped some of that, and then he, he lost a step. Right. I mean, um, you know, how do you week to week? Like, when are you ever going to be like James Robinson is getting yeah. the workload this Not week? Like, an even if he has Stevenson. a good week because he like gets a touchdown, maybe they you know scheme him up a bunch. Like the next week. 
he could get the ball once for four yards, and that could be your production. So, uh, well, it'll be an interesting thing to see. I'm pretty much out on him at this point, though. Yeah, you can't really sell him. You're not going to get anything. I mean, if somebody wants to buy him, then you get yeah, something I mean, for him. And then the Bengals are talk to Higgins might be for sale. We had talked about this before. Zach Taylor came out and said that they don't want to do that. They re-signed Trent Taylor to a one-year deal to be their fourth wide receiver, Woo-hoo. and they signed Irv Smith to replace Hayden why am I drawing Hurst. On Hayden Hurst who went to the Carolina Panthers so Irv Smith I, you know that's they're gonna actually, draft the tight end huh they're, I think they're gonna draft the me tight too end. but at the moment that's you know there if you have Irv Smith there's a smidgen of hope if they decide not to go tight end the yeah. side maybe let's just address the offensive line in the first and second round smidgen of hope because he was Cross dead in the fingers, water there yeah. at, at Minnesota behind TJ Hawkinson and now he's got now he's got a shot here Cincinnati. I hope they don't they don't draft a guy. They give Irv the shot. Let's jump over to the running back situation. Austin Eckler requested and was granted permission to seek a trade. He's extremely underpaid. He's going in the final year of his deal with the Chargers. He doesn't have really any guaranteed money sort of going forward. He, You're shaking your head. You don't. You, he's going to play for the Chargers this season. You don't expect anything. No, to because I don't. He's going to be 30, and he's due a contract, and he wants guaranteed money, and they don't do that for 30 year old running backs. It just doesn't happen. It sucks because yeah. he's a great player, and I would love to see him get paid again and keep watching him for another year or two. But is he going to be thirty this season? I believe so. Who is this? Austin Eckler. Eckler. Yeah, uh, he's twenty nine now. Oh, okay. And yeah, then he'll be thirty. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he'll look it, though. I just don't see it. I mean, maybe a team. It's, but like he he wants to be traded so he can get the next yeah, contract. Twenty seven. He's only twenty seven. He's only twenty seven. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, who am I getting him confused with? It's only 27, huh? Yeah. So maybe, maybe he will get traded. Maybe a team will. Fingers crossed. Maybe I have Isaiah Spiller. I'm hoping that he gets traded someone and like, that Spiller fills in. There's a lot like of the, hope in that because Eckler needs to get traded and they need to not draft a running back, but this is what you pray for in Dynasty. The Bears make a lot of sense. Ooh. That's, what I was gonna, that's what was my thought as well. I was like, the Bears need a running back. They have the most cap space available to them. I think they were actually in a position where like they needed to spend cap money because like there's a certain amount of cap money you have to spend per year on players, or actually you get like penalized. That's how you'll get Justin Fields his four thousand yards. Throw checkdowns. Throw checkdowns. Austin, Austin Eckler. Think about that though. You got Justin Fields and Austin Eckler in the backfield back there. It's a dynamic. Yeah, very dynamic. Yeah, it could bring happen. Khalil Herbert in too for something. DJ Moore on the outside. Yeah. So all of a sudden, it's looking like a pretty good offense. There you go, and the breakout happens for Justin Fields. Whoa. You heard it here. Derek Henry is supposedly on the trading block. Do, you know, the Titans... Uh, Derek okay. Henry and Ryan Tannehill are both they, supposedly on their way out. The Titans need to rebuild. They probably should have started a year ago. Yeah, take everything I said um, about Austin Eckler before we found out his actual age and then apply it to Derek Henry. Derek Henry not getting 29. traded. <laughs> He's 29. Derek Henry not getting traded. We'll be back with the Tennessee Titans, who will probably have Ryan Tannehill back unless they trade up in the draft know, for maybe, a quarterback. Maybe, maybe the Titans are ready to, are willing to let him go for something cheap. Maybe Buffalo takes a shot. They have James Cook. They they strike out on the running back they want in the draft after they're able to give up like a fourth or something like that for Derek Henry. How many spots can Derek Henry go to where his value will be better than Tennessee Titans? Um, not many. Yeah. You, I mean, they just rely on him so much. Yeah, there, and they he's, so much he's the offense in Tennessee. Yeah. He goes somewhere else. They 
pretty much already have an offense, and he's coming in to supplement. Right, exactly. Yeah. And we had talked Put them over the top. Mm-hmm. We had talked kind of about this off podcast when we were looking at some of the teams in our dynasty league, and I was saying that Derrick Henry's probably a player I'd be looking to sell right now before the wheels come off. I'd rather move out on him this season if even it has a productive season this year because, again, just what's going on with him going forward from there. and yeah. Again, just the risk that with him going to be 30 this year and how much run he's had over the past couple of years and just the ineffectiveness of the Titans offense in general with what it's going to be or what we expect it to be going forward. I mean, I just I, I don't know. There's a lot of question marks that make me think that this is peak value for him. David Montgomery signs with the Detroit Lions a three million dollar a three year deal worth eighteen million dollars, so six million dollars a year. Marvin Joe Jr. also signs a one year deal with David Montgomery coming in. Jamal Williams goes out and signs with New Orleans Saints for three years and twelve million dollars with uh, eight million dollars guaranteed. What does David Montgomery mean for DeAndre Swift? Same thing that Jamal Williams meant for DeAndre Swift. Touchdown vulture. Yeah, give me some of that work. I'm eating off your plate. That's your plate of food. I'm hungry. Give me some of that. So is this still going to be like a 55-45 split between DeAndre Swift and David Montgomery like it was with Jamal Williams? Probably. Is it going to be more Montgomery than Swift? Uh, more Montgomery than Swift in all likelihood. I mean, why do you do that, though? It's like Swift's coming up on his um, doing, final year yeah. of his deal. So, so you think it would make more sense to use him. Right. My, uh, I'm holding out hope that Deuce Daly really just didn't like the style of running back that DeAndre Swift is, and he cared more for the bruiser back. That's, you know, Deuce Daly, who was the running back coach back there. and uh, Was he the OC last year for him? Doesn't matter, whatever. He was the running back coach. He decided the running back rotation. I feel like he really liked the co- style of running back like he was when he played, which was a bigger bruiser right. kind of fall forward sort of back, and DeAndre Swift is more of a running back that you need like, – DeAndre Swift was just more effective whenever he was on the field for them last year, and they still didn't want to use him. And it just drove it drives me insane. But now David Montgomery is there. That's really frustrating for me. Trevor asked me if I was interested in acquiring David Montgomery in the Dynasty League, being that I'm a DeAndre Swift owner. And I don't know how I feel about that, <laughs> because I had traded David Montgomery to him last season. <laughs> you want him back? <laughs> That's what, I, yeah, that's what I mean. So I don't know how I feel uh, about it. I'm, I'm holding out that Deuce Daly didn't like DeAndre Swift and that Jamal Williams being a real locker room guy and character guy earned him a lot of I mean, he was good on too. field. He was good. He was not particularly effective. He scored a lot of touchdowns. He, yeah, that's great. He can fall into the end zone. <laughs> oh, yeah. What did he average? Three and a half yards per carry? Uh, he I, wasn't I asked to run. He was a lot of times he was inside the five. Yeah, exactly. Average <laughs> three and a half yards per carry. Doesn't matter for fantasy football. <laughs> Ended up being well, uh, RB uh, thirteen PPR, RB seven. In, uh, so I understand he's not going to score that many touchdowns, yeah, nah, nah, especially now that he's on the New Orleans Saints playing behind Alvin Kamara, who may fit, miss four to six games, or we expect it. I'm hearing like six is like the max, which is just kind of crazy, crazy for what happened. Crazy. But yeah. yeah, I don't expect Kamara is going to miss the they, whole season. They, so they put themselves in the corner. What they did for the Watson thing, so now they can only do so much for other stuff. Yeah, who? The uh, NFL, the league, the, oh, the, league, the NFL. Right. They they can't seriously punish Kamara because of Sign- what, yeah, yeah, significantly more than what they did yeah, to to Watson. Yeah, it's crazy. 
What are we viewing then? We've got Alvin Kamara. We expect him to miss some games. You got Jamal Williams there behind him. I imagine when Kamara's I'm, there, he'll kind of be in a rotation. Maybe or... a, like misunderstanding the scenario and the situation, but like, how is Kamara avoiding jail? Uh, he yeah. beat the dude up on camera and admitted to beating the dude up on camera. Yeah, man, I don't know. It might be that one might be a little bit outside the scope of this. this <laughs> yeah, pod. probably. Do we, yeah. do we need to come yeah. back to this when we have more clarity about yeah. whether or not Kamara? Should we going get a jail? lawyer? Should we talk to a lawyer about this? Yeah. It interview is a, a lawyer. I don't know how. Pod? Like, yeah, that is a thing because it's like we always just like he's going to miss six games. It's like, why isn't he in jail? Yeah. He assaulted a dude. Is that not something you go to right. jail for? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's... And as far as I'm, uh, as far as I understand, I may have this incorrect. The the city is the one pressing charges, not the individual. Yeah, that's interesting. If, if I, re- I, wonder I remember if how, reading I wonder that. if that's how it usually works, though, with like assault yeah. cases or yeah, things yeah, like that. Because be, I, I believe, not, like for like you know familiar. murders and things like that, it's usually you know the state or mm-hmm. the city versus whoever. Right. But I'm I not sure for assault. assault. Yeah, I don't know either. So, so we should probably talk to somebody who does know this stuff so apparently we need to before consult we, a, before we go off making a lawyer and some statements and I'll you know the bird law subreddit <laughs> the chicago bears in the meantime have deontay foreman travis homer on deals uh to come in for them to replace what they lost in david montgomery and of course they have Khalil herbert we think they're a prime candidate to add a running back in the draft or maybe or trade. trade for austin eckler yep. And we talked about their pass catchers before. We don't really need to. So if they don't add anybody, obviously Cleo Herbert should be the number one there. I'm not. I know there's for some reason people out there who really love Deonta Foreman. I think the one year three million dollar deal kind of tells you what the expectation is for him in Chicago. Yeah, Foreman becomes a very attractive um, handcuff if it's just if there's nobody else. If they don't add anybody Foreman. else, because Herbert's got a history of some injuries. Um, I remember him even back in college being banged up when he was at Virginia Tech. So Foreman becomes a nice a nice target, you know. You're trying to be sneaky, you're limited on the draft capital and you want to make an, a potential ad that could help, you know. Dante Foreman, you could do worse than Dante Foreman. Dynasty-wise, do you try to sell Khalil Herbert before they add a running back and hope that somebody's not thinking that they'll add a running back early enough? If someone's willing to pay, you know, uh, uh, his value, what he's worth. What's his like, value? <laughs> that's that's the thing though because you depends on who you talk to, right? Like you're saying, someone who believes that they're not going to add a running back might be willing to believe that he's worth a first or two firsts or a first and a second. Whereas somebody who believes they're going to add a running back is going to tell you, "I'll give, I, I pay a second, maybe a second and a third, right?" Like. If you had Khalil Herbert and I offered you 203 and 207, would you take that for Khalil Herbert? I would. Is it an approximate, about fair value? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's okay. fair value. Would I take it? I don't I don't know. If they draft a running back in the second round. Situation plays. If they draft a running back in the second round, does that deal now... Well, that if I gave you that for Herbert, then that would be after def- say they after they drafted a running back in the second. That's then, an over. Yeah, I feel. For yeah, I feel like I just you know you I, just I got you. Yeah. Okay. Like, but two hundred three and two hundred seven for Herbert. I mean, like you get running backs, rookie running backs in those. Yeah, spots. you can. You, can get you absolutely can. We just talked about earlier. Absolutely can come in and make an impact year one. You absolutely I mean, dude, you can. Like but if RB forty one PPR, like I mean, dude. 
I get, I get. Where... He was pretty good when he got the, when yeah. uh, Montgomery was out. Herbert was pretty good, so right. it's, you have to weigh that too. If they don't add a running back, you're giving away a guy. Like he, he can play. Right. Yeah. That's why I started with the two second round mm-hmm. picks, not knowing what's going on, right. and added the well. If they add a running That's back, then his value though. drops to a lot less than the Somebody two. Somebody to keep your eye on. That's interesting. Watch the draft. And then wrap up the NFC North. Alexander Madison re-signs a deal with the Minnesota Vikings. Two years. It's uh, 6.3 guaranteed. Max of $8 million with, you know, $7 million as the base. Dalvin Cook has an expensive contract on the Minnesota Vikings as well. He had offseason surgery on his shoulder. So they could not trade or cut him because if you do and he fails the physical, all of his money becomes fully guaranteed. So that is why... He is still on the team. It is still very likely that he is not on the team with the re-signing of I, Alexander Madison. Do you feel the same? I, I think that he they should probably move on. But I saw a report from um, within the last like seven to ten days, maybe a little bit uh, before then, um, basically saying that there's a, a shot that he restructures and is still on the team next year because of what you said about how if they trade or cut him and he fails the physical, the money becomes fully guaranteed. Okay. So and that, see, I, that might keep him there because of that. I heard they were just waiting. Is essentially like if they give it another two months or so, then they can make that move that they want to do. Because already two million or something became guaranteed because it was past the like March deadline to do something. But it seems so. Yeah. So that again, another situation to keep your eye on. It seems like Alexander Madison may be the number one there, and Dalvin Cook may be headed somewhere else. That I because the other thing I heard was that maybe he doesn't want to take a restructure and take less money after coming off kind of season that he had. Potentially, yeah. That's another location that's prime for a uh, a takeover by a young rookie running back. Minnesota. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems like if they're signing Alexander Madison, I don't either. If Cook is coming back and there's going to be that rotation there, that's a lot of money committed mm-hmm. there. Or if you let Cook go, I don't know if you necessarily want to invest high-end capital in the running back situation there. They're also rumored to be interested in a wide receiver at the moment. They're operating with you know Justin Jefferson, of course, mm-hmm. but then K.J. Osborne's mm-hmm. the number two. So they're talked about getting a wide. So again, it's a matter of when do you add the running back. It'll probably It's not going to be B. John Robinson. Uh, It'll no. be a day two running two, back. Yeah. Third round pick probably, but <clears throat> what makes me think that is just based off the speculation and gotcha. the amount of money they gave Madison. It tells me they're not married to him. They, they gave him two years mm. at seven mil. Um, this is true. It's a decent chunk yeah. though for the to two years or for what running backs are getting. At, you know, anyway. And he's he's been he's a familiar. He's familiar in the locker room. They know him. They know what he brings. He's been with the team for a while. Sometimes you're like, all right, I'll give you the extra million to keep you here because I know what you're bringing. I don't have to go worry about. He's filled in really well for exactly. Like I, I respect what you do every day in here. Like I'll pay you the extra million as opposed to bringing in somebody who I'm gonna have to. I don't know. And I have to break in to do what you already do. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. And so then we're kind of in a wait and see situation with those guys yet. Can't really, you know. It's definitely something I think you really want to monitor and like look at what people are saying because things change. Like you, we have this outlook right now as hype trains uh, start up and die down. They derail quickly too. Yes, they they start quickly and they derail just as quickly. Brian Edwards, listen to last episode. And the Vikings signed for this. This is just confusing. They signed and signed tight end Josh Oliver to a three-year deal worth up to twenty-four million dollars, with a base of twenty-one million. So 
seven to eight million dollars a year for Josh Oliver at the tight end position after Does letting he, go of Irv Smith Jr. and so, you trade it for TJ Hawkinson. If I'm not, am I crazy? Do the Vikings not have TJ Hawkinson on their team? No, they do. They do. Um, that's a lot of money for a second tight end. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Is he like the best blocking tight end ever? I'm. I have no idea. Does he double as a long snapper? I just thought we'd put it in there because it's just something that they did that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Maybe he's a lead on special teams. Yeah, maybe know. they're going with the. Maybe they're going with a lot of two tight end set, and they won't take another wide receiver. And it's going to be Josh Oliver out there blocking, and then T.J. Hawkinson, K.J. Osborne, Justin Jefferson running routes. Who knows? Just a weird move. Wrap up the few minor moves here. Samaj P. Ryan goes to Denver on a two-year deal worth seven and a half million dollars. We mentioned this. Yeah. I mentioned this before. I think Javante Williams, this injury, even if he's ready for the start of the season, will get hurt yeah, early some, on, miss a month. For and yeah. P. Ryan will start a solid, you know, six to eight games for them and be, you know, at the end of the season, he'll probably finish like around RB twenty-five because he gets those couple of starts and is rotational with Javante Williams, like they did with Melvin Gordon. Rashad Penny goes to the Philadelphia Eagles, who let Miles Sanders go in free agency. They also brought back Boston Scott. So it's Rashad Penny, Kenneth Gainwell, and Boston Scott in the Philadelphia Eagles backfield. What are we looking at for Rashad Penny? It's only a one-year deal. Yeah, we see. They use a rotational back. He's not really much of a pass catcher. No, I, Low-end RB, too. Potentially. I mean, I, I still wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles draft a running back. I really wouldn't. Um, and then like, he'd be even lower than a yeah, running back. Yeah, and we, we talked about it before we uh, before we went uh, live and started recording. The um, They only guaranteed $600,000 to Rashad Penny. So it's not like what, the same point I was making with Madison. They didn't get, it's not like they're they're married to him. They have to feed him. They're giving him all this money. To, they're keeping it. Nah, they, he could be easily moved on from. Um, and plus, he, we know he has the, the injury risks and – that leaves you with Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell. Uh, Size-wise, you don't have a ton there. So, I, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they add a, another bigger back the Eagles do. Yeah. We had talked about it before. I thought Roshan Johnson might be a guy. Tank Bigsby, somebody like that. And then the last move here we'll get into, Damian Harris goes to the Buffalo Bills on a one-year deal at running backs. They've got Damian Harris and James Cook there at the running back situation. Yep. We think this is another spot that's primed to add a running back in the draft. Very well could early happen, on. yep. If not, how do you see it shaping out between Damian Harris and James Cook there? James Cook, the pass catcher, Damian Harris, the goal line bruiser sort of guy? Yeah, and with the way Buffalo plays offense. Not really interested in either of them anyway. No, not necessarily. I have some interest in James Cook. Um, I just, I could see it more working out as in a James Cook is used from 20 to 20, and then inside the 20s is Damian Harris time. Um do we think a realistic kind of outlook for James Cook would be something like 10 carries and two catches per game? Uh, I think it's more like um, eight carries, five catches. I think they're going to throw him the ball. I do. That would put him about at a, a round an RB3 borderline RB2. So round Makes sense, RB25, yeah. essentially. Especially, I don't see him getting a ton of touchdowns unless he's, you know, taking them the distance. All right, and then they added Deontay Hardy, who's a wide receiver slash returner, so wide receiver position there is still Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Isaiah McKenzie's gone, so now it would be... Khalil Shakir! There we go. I kept forgetting. And then there's also the potential that they add a wide receiver in the draft. Yeah, definitely. Which would be not bode well for Gabe Davis. Stephon Diggs is also getting up there in age, but... 
Damian Harris was really the ish big thing there. Anything that uh, we didn't mention anywhere along the way that we forgot to talk about that we wanted? There was some co- coaching changes. Obviously, Shane Steichen's the head coach for the Colts now, who, like we said, got rid of DJ Mayer, brought in Miles Sanders and all those guys. Um, uh, the Colts keep, love to take the Eagles' offensive coordinator to be their next head coach, like they did with Frank Reich. Commanders have Eric Bieniemy now instead of Scott Turner as their offensive coordinators. Eric Bieniemy, who was previously the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs for the past several years, does that inspire any optimism, or is it just still like it doesn't matter because of the quarterback play? We'll see. We'll see. Cowboys have Brian Schottenheimer instead of Kellen Moore, <laughs> and they want to run the ball more. We already t- we are only really interested in CD Lamb anyway, right? And. I guess the only other thing then, how much do we expect Sean Payton to affect our Broncos pass catchers and Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton? They can't heavily invested be in. any worse than last year, right? Yeah, like There's nowhere to go but up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All righty then. Patriots have Bill O'Brien as an offensive coordinator now instead of their hey. combination of Matt Patricia and whoever. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't remember who the other guy Patriots was. Patriots wide receiver stocks up. Juju Smith, wide receiver one overall. <laughs> and then Matt Nagy replaces Eric Bieniemy for – how do we feel about that for the Chiefs? Just Fine. a final thought. Yeah, it's, uh, Matt We're Nagy okay with Matt Nagy? Yeah, Matt Nagy was – uh, People forget, yeah, he was a coordinator in he's just a bad head coach before he Bears. went to get the job. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I think that's going to be everything for us then today. Went a little long on this one. I apologize about that, but had to cover everything in free agency. That's going to do it for us today. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Oddballs, and be sure to subscribe and follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I am Ryan McNichols. Reach out. Michael. Have a great day.